You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. This, this is, is Talking with the Pros. The pros. Like professionals. This is Talking with the Pros with me, Jess B. I speak to the professionals in the world of audio to gain an insight into what it takes to become a pro. Talking with the Pros. And welcome back. We have Ray Fletcher. Welcome, Ray. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Oh, I just appreciate that you're here taking the time to talk with us. Now, Ray, for those who don't know you, why don't you give us a little background into your love of audio and where that started? Uh, wow, just coming with the hard-hitting stuff straight out the gate. Okay, that's cool. So I started, I fell in love with audio when I was uh, volunteering here at KUNV. As and when, what year was that? This would have been 2019. Mm. I started volunteering as a morning show host. So I was coming in, and as you know, morning show hosts are not paid. Nowadays, they do about uh, one show a week, you know, a couple hours. I was doing back then, I did five days a week, two hours a day. So I... Love doing it. I had a blast. Well, I did it solo. About, tell me about that morning show. I would love to hear more about that. It's called The Morning Rush, and it was my first foray into the audio world anywhere doing anything. And I kind of, you know, just flying by the seat of my pants. And um, I had a blast. It was fun trying to come up with new creative segments. And I started listening to other morning shows to figure out how they do it to try and kind of pull it to my show. And then a few months in, someone else wanted to volunteer for the morning show. So I think two days a week, I had a co-host, which was nice. So I wasn't always by myself. Mm. But it was a lot of fun. And, and it uh, introduced me to this world. And I learned a lot in my almost a year of being on air. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that that I've learned in there has carried over into other areas of, of what I did as well or what I do as well. So you were fine solo on the morning show. For a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was a good time, though. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was tough. You know, you, I kept my breaks pretty short. I, I couldn't. I, mm -hmm. I'm not Chet Buchanan in the morning zoo. I can't do the full, <laughs> you know, like five to seven minute segments. I was doing, you know, mm -hmm. two minute breaks mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. trying to keep the show flowing. It was a lot of fun, though. Mm -hmm. And what was that radio format? Was it still just the jazz format and no, then and that, more? That was on the student station, so mm, it was okay. the more top 40. Mm. Uh, it was funny because when I first uh, tried to sign up to be a host, they had a program where you could create your own show and play your own music, right? Mm. And that was for any of the volunteer radio hosts. But when I, I was part of the first class that they switched the format completely, so we could no longer make our own like format or our own clock mm -hmm. um and that's when they made the switch to go over to the current format mm -hmm. um it was kind of disappointing i had a name picked out for because i was going to play reggae hawaiian reggae music i was going to be reggae ray um but that you know changed and i became rebel ray because we weren't playing reggae so why would i be reggae <laughs> ray that's weird well, that's still a specialty <laughs> show that could happen. Eventually, maybe. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the music, the genre, and I love listening to it, love talking about it, love sharing it with other people because mm -hmm. a lot of people aren't familiar with it and they like it. They, they like the vibes, you know, it feels like it's a nice summer day at the beach. Mm -hmm, exactly. I love the fact that you're passionate about that and that type of genre and that you would want to build off of that. What got you into audio? I know you said you 
put your feet into the college radio? Well, I was always infatuated with radio when I was growing up. I'm a big uh, baseball fan, mm-hmm. and you don't always get the baseball games on TV, or you didn't back in the day. We didn't have all this like MLB Game Pass or any of this stuff that they have these days, so you didn't always get the baseball game on. So I'd put on uh, the radio shows and listen to listen to baseball over the radio and just some of the storytelling and the way that the theater of the mind, as they call it, uh, where I'm able to hear it come out of this radio and I'm able to see it in my head is, is like kind of how I became infatuated in it. Um, but I never thought growing up, I never thought that it was something I could make a career out of, or I could do for a living. You know, mm-hmm. my parents wanted me to be a doctor. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, but so like I, you know, didn't know how to turn that into a career path uh, when I was getting out of high school and stuff. So I went into a different field, computers. I was bu- building and fixing computers, networking mm. them, stuff like that. Um, it wasn't until I came back to school a second time and I was like, uh, I don't want to, it's not a midlife, maybe a quarter life crisis. I was trying to figure out what I, what the hell I'm going to do with my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And um, I was browsing through all UNOV stuff. I saw the radio station and then it clicked like, mm. oh, wow, I can actually do that. There's a way for me to get into that as a as a profession mm-hmm. um and so that was when i decided to make, make the step come down here into greenspun and met dr dave norris and he told me about everything and he's been a major mentor of mine for the past what four years now mm-hmm. um so that's that's kind of how i got into it that's so great tell me more about the fact that you came and chose to do audio production here at unlv like, was this just straight off the catalog and you're like, I'm going to sign up for classes or did you take a tour? Oh, no, no tour. Mm. Um, so, all right. This is one of my favorite stories mm-hmm. to tell. Yes. I was um, I was just working in sales because I got burnt out from like fixing computers, selling computers, doing that stuff. Went into sales, started selling whatever you could think of, uh, insurance, vacuum cleaners, computers, cameras, everything. Like I was just selling stuff. Light bulbs. I sold light bulbs what? one time. Yeah, Fluorescent um, or condensing? They, they were, I was trying to sell them to like cities for get these contracts with mm-hmm. cities and stuff, but mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. And eventually one day I told my wife, I'm like, I think I might want to go back to school. And I, I was dropping her off to work that morning and I dropped her off, had this conversation on the way to drop her off. And she, by the time I went to go pick her up from work, she was like, you're enrolled in UNLV. And I was like, what, (laughs) what do you mean? I said, I was thinking about it, right? I'm considering potentially possibly doing it. But she had already filled out all the FAFSA, the financial aid paperwork, all that good stuff. She enrolled me. Wow, she did the hard work. She did, because she knew I was never going to do it, Mm. right? So, and I thank her for that. So that Mm -hmm. was like an incredible thing for her to do, because I didn't say do it. Like, I didn't Mm -hmm. say I want to do it. She just kind of pushed me, and that's the push that I needed. Anyway, I enrolled in the College of Education thinking I was going to be a history teacher. I was going to come back to college, go to school to learn how to teach high school kids history. And I took College of Education classes for one semester and decided, this ain't for me. (laughs) This ain't it. This ain't (laughs) it. So I switched my major. I'm like, I'm out. I like police work. I like crime shows. Let me go criminal justice route mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so getting, i get in the criminal justice closer. yeah we're getting closer <laughs> um criminal justice program i'm in that for another semester but i started after i switched my major i started looking at career paths for criminal justice majors and i'm like if you want to be an officer or an agent or any of these like government job like you gotta you gotta be under 35 years old by the time i graduate i'm gonna be aged out wow 
So I was like, all right, let me go into business, right? Let me go into business. So I went over to the business school and I talked to one of the advisors there. This guy, <laughs> he went ahead and told me, yeah, bro, you're, uh, you're too dumb to get into no. business school. Not in those words, but that's the message I got from him. Essentially, I was on the wrong math track or something oh, like that. Okay. So I couldn't get into business mm-hmm, school. Mm-hmm. So that sent me into a deep dive, a mm. search, mm. Uh, a investigative search. journalism, I can mm-hmm, say now. Mm-hmm. That searched through all of the UNLV website. I'm talking every link. I clicked on every single link mm-hmm. they had on their website, mm-hmm. looking for different things that uh, interested me. And then I saw the radio station. And once I saw that, the rest was history. I came over here. Oh, I sent an email. Uh, Dr. Norris hit me hit me back. And I came over for a meeting. And yeah, the rest was history. He's like, I'll get you on the air. Our next semester starts. And we'll go from there. And I'm like, cool, let's do it. That's awesome. I love that journey. And now you're on the KUNV staff. Yes. So tell us everything and anything that you're doing that people don't know about. Take us behind the scenes of being on staff at KUNV. Uh, Well, I started here in 2019, like I mentioned, as the volunteer host. Then in 2020, I got approached by Dr. Norse and Dr. Ridley, and they asked if I wanted to do, uh, if I wanted a part-time job. Interested in a paid job? I said, absolutely. Um, So they needed some help doing production. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'll do it, but you're going to have to tell me because I'm, you know, I haven't even started my JMS classes. I don't know how to do any of this. You got to teach me. They were very willing. Them, along with Kevin Crawl, taught me the ins and outs of production. So I worked on the production team for quite a while. And it was funny because they hired me on in March of 2020. Oh. You remember what else happened in March of 2020, anyone? Oh, yes. Yeah. Everything got shut down. Mm -hmm. So you know how everybody got sent home, they Mm -hmm. aren't working, working from home, or they got laid off, or whatever Mm -hmm. the case. Furloughed, I think, was the popular term. Mm. Um, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. I was legit coming into work, into this station, Mm -hmm. every day. I did not get any sabbatical or nothing. Mm -hmm. Well, you were an essential worker. I was considered an essential worker because radio, especially public radio, absolutely needed to stay on air, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you can't just take the radio station Mm -hmm. off air. People get their news that way. So I was here. We started a program called, it was with Carrie Kaufman, and it was called Impact. And I was uh, brought in to board op and engineer that show. So it was legit me and Carrie Kaufman down here. The only people in this building, it felt apocalyptic down here. Like Mm -hmm. I was, I don't want to say terrified, but it felt like the opening scenes of Walking Dead when Rick's walking out of the uh, hospital and all the halls or lights are flashing, flickering and stuff. That's what it felt like down here. We're already here in a basement with no windows. (laughs) So we already have that vibe going. Right. Yeah, that was an adventure in and of itself. And then... You know, fast forward a little bit, I moved from production to events and promotions, and now I'm doing community engagement here at the station. So my job now is essentially to engage people within the community mm-hmm. uh, and the campus. So we go out and do giveaways and prizes, hold a host events and mm-hmm. throw rev vest mm-hmm. um, and all that good stuff. Yeah, which is also very essential <laughs> for promoting the radio station There are times when people are like, oh, there's a radio station. And then, oh, there's a college radio station. So getting out there, boots on the ground, so important. And it means so much. And I'm just so happy that you're here to help us along in that. So tell me, Ray, I know you're a part of Raider Nation. I am. So you're doing a little bit of audio production over there as well. Mm -hmm. What does the behind the scenes look like there? 
Um, it's it gets pretty wild right now. During the off season, it's not too bad, right? Like, obviously, there's not a lot going mm-hmm. on. We still have a weekly flagship podcast that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, my role there is production assistant slash producer, and it's listed that way because I I produce on one show and I produce on game days. But outside of that, I'm an assistant. I do editing. I do post production and stuff like that. But I do fully produce a podcast and pre and post game radio shows um, on game days. During the season, though, it can get very chaotic. Like I'm putting in 35, 40 Mm. um, hours a week on top of the hours I put in here. So Mm -hmm. I'm working both gigs together. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. I've learned a lot and I'm, I'm working with people who have been in the industry for a long time and know so much that it's just it's hard not to learn something right like every day I go in and I learn something new from someone else and it's been a lot of fun like I love football football is definitely a passion of mine so being a part of the Raiders Mm um I mean I couldn't ask for a more fun gig to be honest yeah so you're doing a bunch of shows Mm -hmm. and you're basically like their number one in production correct yeah that's awesome yeah yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun, and we have several podcasts. We have a whole podcast network going on over mm-hmm, there. It's called mm-hmm. it's called RPN Raiders Podcast Network. Uh, we have a flagship show called Upon Further Review that I do the production on, and the show I produce is called The Morning Grind with Lincoln Kennedy. Any Raider fans out there will know who Lincoln Kennedy is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the pre and post game radio shows I get to produce with some local talents, some people who've been here and done their thing in Las Vegas for a long time. JT the Brick. Uh, Eric Allen, some of these guys are, are you know, uh, Jesse Merrick is a guy I get to work with. He's over at News 3. Mm-hmm. I get to work with a lot of lot of cool people that just know so much. So there was a, a podcast seminar that happened earlier this summer. Yeah. And they came and spoke and they told us a lot about, like, the analytics side. And so everything that you're doing is being quantified. And what's that like in terms of production for you? You know, I wish I had more deep, more insight into the analytics mm-hmm. side of things, but mm-hmm. unfortunately at the Raiders, I don't. Um, mm-hmm. I have a little bit of experience with that on my own, like personal side of stuff. But um, when it comes to production, my main my main goal is just to make it sound as good and as professional as it sounds, right? Because like not to toot our own horn or anything, but we're the, we're the Las Vegas Raiders. We're a NFL franchise there's only 30 of us in existence right Mm -hmm. like so it has to and and they all every nfl team puts out good content quality content so my goal is to make sure that our podcasts are up to that standard because i can't put anything out there if it doesn't sound right if it doesn't sound to the level that i think we need it to sound if it's not as crisp and clear as we need it to sound then i'm gonna scrap it and i'm gonna we're not gonna Mm -hmm. air it you Mm -hmm. know like that's that's the main goal and it's been really cool. They've given me some creative freedom with some things. I got to create like a intro and outro for some of the for one of the podcasts. I used my wife's voice, which is pretty cool. She enjoyed that. Um, but like you know, the creative freedom's really fun. Um, but yeah, the analytics, the insights, stuff like that, I don't really. Mm. It's a little outside of my purview. Yeah, I was just imagining that with production, um, like the ins and outs, and and doing your creative liberties. Mm-hmm. Um, all the software as well that you're working with and the the actual equipment. So what that's like in terms of, okay, this is what we need. This is the standard you're mentioning. So we use, I mean, 
at, at the Raiders, we use the uh, same thing we use here, Adobe mm-hmm. Creative Suite. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty standard. They have other programs that they can use, but they allow me to use what I need to, what I'm comfortable with. Um, so I use Adobe Audition. I have to do a lot with Premiere and some of the other software in, within the Creative Suite. Um, and then when it comes to recording, you know, it's all really high tech uh, equipment. Like it's brand the facility's brand new right they mm. built that in 2019 so everything there is just state of the art and their studios are awesome and i've learned a lot in those studios their boards are a little newer than what i was used to a little more uh, newer technology mm. yeah a little more mm. advanced mm. right and so it was, it was a little bit of a learning curve there um and then like i'm the tools that i use within the adobe suite have also expanded by going over there because mm they require a certain sound. So I have to, I had to grow my knowledge base within the Adobe suite while working there. And a lot of that, because they didn't have uh, my role before I got there, a lot of that I had to figure out on my own. I mentioned I learned a lot of stuff from other people, but some of the core stuff I had to kind of figure it out and make it sound good. So it was a lot of just internal desire to be good enough to make this sound the way they want it to Mm be that led me to figuring out how to do things. Yeah. And with the workload of editing and all those podcasts that are being produced, you had mentioned as well that there's even AI now built into the editing software. So do you see any advantages or disadvantages currently with that type of software? Oh, a million percent. There's pros and cons to anything, mm-hmm. right? And with AI software, especially there's one that Adobe released recently, Adobe Podcast is, is what it's called. And I've used it a couple of times and it's been really cool. It Mainly the biggest benefit to it that I've found so far, and I have, I'll be honest, I haven't done the full deep dive on it yet, so I don't know everything that it can do yet. But what I've used it for so far is take recordings that weren't recorded in a studio and it makes them sound like they were, mm. which is like fascinating to me. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, there are some tools that I've been able to use and I can get the sound better, right? You can make it sound a little better than, like if it's recorded outside, it's going to have wind. You're going to have cars passing by. You got all this noise. I've been able to mess with some of it and use certain tools to make it sound like it's closer to being in a studio. But this AI podcast thing makes it sound like it was recorded in a studio. It blows wow. my mind. And I don't know how it does it. Um, but there's definitely benefits there. The downside is when you have tools like this, people rely on them too much. And you might have a po- something that you think, oh, I'll just run it through this process and it'll sound like it's recorded in a studio and then you you just like do it and you post it mm-hmm. without going back to review it. So there can be some stuff that got missed or maybe the AI cut out an important segment because wow. it thought it yeah. was like noise. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's downside, obviously, but the upside is pretty awesome too. That's so interesting. And that's what's happening now and into the future. So what is your perspective going forward with the Raider Nation as well as KUNV Radio? Well, with uh, Raider Nation, I mean, they're obviously still trying to grow. Um, The podcast network is still in its infancy, I would say. We have Mm. like six or seven podcasts on there now. When I started- pretty well established. Yeah. um, But when I started, they only had had four podcasts, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And so they're growing. And they're every year, every off season, we're looking to add something new Mm. or another- uh, lane to mm-hmm. attack, you know? So there's definitely room for growth at the Raiders with their podcast network. Ideally, it's it, it's, it makes it a little tough because the recognizable name talent 
here in Las Vegas when it comes to the sports industry isn't necessarily at the level of some other major established cities, right? right? We're like, still growing in that the, as well. the city is still growing, mm-hmm. and sports being introduced into the city is relatively new with the Golden Knights coming in 2017. That was only six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sports coverage from the media side of things isn't where they need it to be to be able to bring those names in to represent the Raiders, right? Like, for instance, the Raiders aren't going to tell me – Ray, some guy who just graduated college who does audio production to go on air because the the Raider Nation has no idea who the who, who the hell I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so that make would make no sense for them. The problem is we don't have that recognizable name talent here yet in Las Vegas. And I mean, obviously there's some. I mentioned JT the Brick. There's Q Myers over at 9:20 a.m. But um, as as that grows, as the media presence grows, then the stuff that the Raiders are able to do will be able to grow, and then the city will continue to grow. So everything ties back together. Um, sports in the city are growing simultaneously. And when it comes to the radio station, I mean, I'm outside of the audio purview for the most part now I'm doing the promotions and events and stuff mm-hmm. but I hear it all the time I hear the kids coming up that are going into TV radio's dying it's wow. going to be gone audio's not going anywhere mm-hmm. there's always going to be a need for an audio, for audio mm-hmm. even in video you need audio right yeah, and yes. while premiere adobe premiere has several audio options and you can do a lot of the same stuff you can do an audition in premiere it's not quite as precise. It's a little more difficult to access than it does in audition. So learning this skill set, the audio skill set, is definitely something I encourage people to do. Because you can just look at our enrollment numbers here in the JMS program. You can see how many people are going into the TV side of the program and how yeah. many people are going into the audio production concentration. I'll tell you, there's a stark difference mm. in numbers between those two programs. <laughs> but the on the other side of that, That means you've got so much more talent going into the TV side for jobs, right? So when you're competing for a TV job, you're going against all those people. When you're competing Mm -hmm. for an audio job, your competition is a lot smaller, which I don't want to say is like kind of a a cheat, a cheat route, but like it's a a little bit of a cheat code, but like there is a need and it's not being met because everybody wants to go on TV and be the next Stephen A. Smith or the next... Mm -hmm. Whoever, you know, mm. radio is always or radio and audio are always going to be needed. So I advise people to if you're interested in getting into this industry, um, audio is definitely a good route to go. Because like, for instance, the Raiders job, when I applied for that, I was the most qualified person for that job that applied. And I had only been in audio production for two years. If that was a TV job, I guarantee people with 10 years of experience would have been impl- applying for it. Yeah. And I would have had no shot. But mm. because I have that concentration, I have that dedicated audio skill set plus i had work at the radio station and with podcasts already i was i was the clear choice and i'm not forgive me i'm not trying to be cocky or anything but like that that just is what it is at that point i think the medium just in radio nation alone it's doubled so i can see that this medium is definitely valid in terms of entertainment and getting a message across. Right. And then if you look at the podcast space, I mean, everybody and their mother's got a podcast mm-hmm. now. Like, that's mm-hmm. going to continue to grow. Obviously, not everyone's podcast is going to continue, but, mm-hmm. like, there's so many options. So many people are getting into that space. And then there's the combination of video and audio podcasting. So, right, right. like, there, the need for audio professionals is not going anywhere. If anywhere, the, de- the need is going, like, the demand is going to go higher mm-hmm. because fewer and fewer people are going that route. Mm-hmm. And I say this all the time. With audio and visual, if you don't have a great, solid audio sound 
then your video isn't gonna oh it's be terrible elevated. right mm-hmm. this is why people don't get don't dig the kung fu movies i know me and wes dig the kung fu movies <laughs> but like uh you know the audio's off when they're oh, when they're yeah. translated <laughs> and you can't like you know i get it but with bad audio can ruin it mm-hmm. can ruin it in a heartbeat um so yeah it's definitely something that needs to be focused on a little more so many truths so many uh, i for one agree that audio is valid i mean Think of Spotify and Apple Music. They're pushing it in the front page and promoting different podcasts. So there's going to be a need for certain podcasts to live, but also to stand out. So being in an audio production concentration, I just see that this field is continuing to grow, as well as different uh, venues happening in town in Las Vegas there's always going to be that factor of experience, whether it's the 4D experience, audio, visual, and interactive. And with augmented reality, it's still not going anywhere. So though we're thinking, oh, everything's happening visually, things are still so important on the audio spectrum. And in movie theaters, even if you go that route, like, breaking it down in terms of the sound that's coming out. We're we're living in an audio world, whether people know it or not. And I'm just so excited with all the things happening here in town when it comes to sports and when it comes to music and entertainment, audio is the place to be. Yeah, absolutely. So, Ray, is there anything else you got going on? I know you have a podcast. Is there anything that you want to tell all of us about? Yeah, I do have a podcast called The Good and the Good. It's me and my wife, and we uh, bring on a different guest every week and talk about what's good and positive in their lives. Mm. So it's uh, our little contribution to society. Yeah, positive vibes. Yeah, we're on Instagram. We're on Spotify, all the major podcast platforms at The Good and the Good. Mm -hmm. Feel free if you're interested to hit us up. Well, Ray, I just want to thank you again for coming on today. I appreciate all that you have to share with us in the world of audio and podcasting. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Thank you. Bye-bye. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's episode, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available, like Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Talking with the Pros with me, Jess B. I love you, and I'll catch you in the next one. Bye.